Welcome to Small Venue Music. Our podcast showcases the amazing local musicians and incredible small music venues right here in Richmond, Virginia. Join us each episode as we talk to musicians, venue owners, and even fans to help everyone get a better understanding of what makes our local music scene so special. Whether you're a musician, a fan of music, or just curious about the local music scene, we think you'll really enjoy the show. In this first episode of Small Venue Music, we're really excited to feature Abrams Bridge. They're an amazing Bruce Springsteen tribute band based right here in Richmond, Virginia. Abrams Bridge has developed quite a fan following and regularly plays some of the best small music venues here in town. The band is made up of Luke Bobbitt on guitar and lead vocals, Eric Bowers on bass guitar, Brendan Urian on saxophone, Dan Fortuna on keyboards, Tom Best on drums, and Chris Kidd on lead guitar. Joining us for today's podcast will be their lead singer, Luke Bobbitt, and today's show will be hosted by Don Busick. We hope you enjoy the show. All right. Welcome. Hey, thanks, Luke, so much for coming to what uh, I think you know is the very first episode of Small Venue Music, and I couldn't be more excited to have you uh, as our first guest. Uh, you know, you both are the, uh, you know, the honoree, and hopefully uh, this doesn't become a, uh, a problem uh, in terms of my ability to do this, but I really appreciate you doing it, and we're really excited to have you on the show, so thanks so much. Yeah, flattered to be here, excited to be here, um, honored to be your first guest, uh, so we'll see where it goes. Yeah, right? this will be fun. This will be fun. So, um, Hey, everyone who's going to be watching this will see a promo that's going to explain a lot about Abrams Bridge, the band, and kind of the fact that you guys are a Bruce uh, tribute band. I, I actually wanted to start off, though, by um, talking about you uh, okay. first. I think people will be interested in, in learning a little bit more about how you got into music in the first place. So I'd love anything you'd share, like, hey, how'd you learn to play guitar? Right. You know, like, how'd this whole thing get started for you if you kind of rewind way back to when you were a kid? Yeah, sure. Um, so I actually grew up uh, playing sports. Um, I was not a music person. Uh, I love to listen to music. Um, that's where my sort of love of probably music and rock and roll comes from is my mom and dad of listening to Elton John, Billy Joel, Bruce Springsteen, all those all those guys in the car. Um, but I played sports all the way up till uh, college. And I think when you know, you, you finish your high school sports career and you realize you're not going to be a draft pick or anything like that, uh, you, you're sort of left with this void, you know, of, of finding something else to do. And uh, one of my buddies went out to Arizona, and um, I know he started kind of messing around playing bass or doing something. And he called me one night and talked about, uh, this band that he was kind of friends with and asked him at one of their breaks in the show, like, hey, what song is anything you feel comfortable playing? Like, you know, and they're doing some big fraternity party or whatever. Yeah. And uh, long story short, he got to do a song with him. I think it was like, You Shook Me All Night Long by ACDC. And he just said, he was like, it's the greatest night of my life. Like, you know, he was like, just just a rush you've never felt before and, and something like that. And so then, you know, he, he ended up actually moving back and... Um, you know, we were at college down at VCU, and, you know, we just used to mess around, I think, you know, and he could play some stuff both yeah. on bass and guitar, so that kind of opened up, but, you know, I think it originated from singing through a karaoke machine with him playing a guitar through a bass amp or something, you know, and, uh, you know, I think it just one thing led to another, trying to play some songs that you loved, um, and then, 
we got some crazy ideas to try and write something. And yeah. so, you know, we went for the whole, let's, let's be an original band. Let's write some stuff. Let's put some stuff together. Let's find some people to, um, uh, you know, to play the other instruments and sort of that kind of stuff. And that's kind of where it took off from. And, and, you know, you so know, you, at that, you didn't, you didn't grow up playing guitar then. No, I did so, not. So you learned in college? Yeah, so I learned in college. Kind of a late start. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of a late start. And uh um but you know, it's you know, I remember it was like you could play E minor and right. G. Like, you know, if you could just if you could get to you don't the need third, many more, right? If you could get get to a third chord, you could you could halfway play some songs and uh I you know I you, there's probably something like every rose has a thorn was yeah. probably one of the one of the first ones and uh and then shoot i remember when i could do a bar chord i was like oh my gosh like uh, you know the whole the whole catalog <laughs> opens up for you when you can do that b minor <laughs> so can you remember at least what you would consider the first time you played in front of i'll say a real crowd and i i mean not like uh you know, a couple of friends in a, in a, in a dorm room, but like in front of people where you felt the nerves. Oh yeah. I, um, I remember, I guess the first like real public one we did might've been in Charlottesville for like a battle of the bands or something, or somebody gave us something. And like I said, we had these handful of songs. Do you remember where it was? It's, it was in Charlottesville and I can't remember the name of the place, which I know stinks, but I remember the area of where it is. Um, because um, I want to say it's like near, I can't remember, which is irrelevant. But, you know, it was it was somewhere. And I just remember um, the enjoyment and like the rush of just, you know, just this organic high that comes from people being like clapping for you. Yeah. And you're like, you know, the whole time I'm thinking like, I am, can I do Do we stink? Do right. we suck? <laughs> like, do, are we any good? And, you know, um you know, from that moment on, I was like, "Oh well, we'll be." You know, we're the next Guns and Roses. We're the next. You're, you're we're the next. To big... My next question. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> when did you realize that sort of being a musician was something you wanted to do? Um, I, probably right then and there. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just music. Even though I didn't play it growing up, um, it, it's been something so important in my life. You know, uh, I'm an emotional person, so the highs are highs and the lows are lows, and you know, music uh, goes in every one of those spots yeah. for you, no matter what you need. And so, um, I just think the reward of uh, entertaining people and someone giving you that compliment—it's just—it's a rush, right? Yeah, it really is, and it never—and it never really gets old. Yeah, you know, it doesn't matter if it's one person complimenting you or like a hundred people complimenting you. It just—it's just something that you know, because you really kind of open yourself up when you do music oh, if it's yeah. original and you're writing it or if you're you know doing a tribute or something like you're you're giving it all you got and so um i think just that constant feeling of getting that like you know somebody appreciated this it's just a great feeling nice <laughs> cool all right let's talk a little bit about abram's bridge sure um, yeah so maybe we'll start at the very beginning like how how did this come to be like how did you guys meet whose idea was it um you know, how, uh, how did you decide to, like, get, get in on the, like, hey, this, we're, we're going to go on. Were you a big Bruce fan? Like, tell me the origins of it. Yeah, so definitely big Bruce fan. Grew up, grew up loving Bruce Springsteen. Like I said, dad had, you know, greatest hits and that in his, in his truck. And he, we would listen to it and all that kind of stuff. And um, 
um, you know, just continue to dive deeper and deeper into Bruce's catalog as, as I got older and, you know, went through all the, you know, the Nebraska and the deeper tracks and yeah. all that stuff, not just, you know, the Born in the USA album. Um, and I just, it just always resonated with me. I always felt like it, you know, he had wrote that song for me in that moment, even though he, you know, wrote some of this stuff <laughs> decades ago. Yeah. Um, and so that always resonated with me. And, um, after doing the original stuff with, with Rocket Knife, which was my original band, um, you know, we got into playing covers so we could play longer and we could play at other venues. Um, it wasn't just playing original music. And so, um, we would occasionally throw in a Bruce song yeah. and whenever I would go out and see people like people would, you know, do a cover of Bruce, but i never felt like it captured the spirit of, of Springsteen. You know, mm -hmm. it didn't capture the boss, you know, it mu musically, it sounded fine, but like vocally and like passion wise, it just, it just would always fall flat. And so, um, I would get compliments. People would say, you know, Hey, you do that. You know, you do a Springsteen pretty, pretty good. You know, yeah. it's a pretty good take on that. And, um, uh, and it wasn't always like, um, it wasn't like we were just always playing dancing in the dark. You know, I might do like a deep track and just throw it in, you know, a set that we're playing. And some guy would be like, I know that song, yeah. you know, you did a really good job with it. Um, and so Richmond's, I started noticing just, you know, there was some other tribute bands popping up yep. and there was some other gimmicky kind of stuff going on with some other covers. And, um, I just, it seemed like there was a little bit of a void for it, maybe. And um, I know anytime I've gone to see Bruce, you know, people are so passionate oh, about yeah. him. And and really, they still are. But, like, sometimes it's bad, but sometimes, you know, it's good, bad, everywhere. They're, people are very passionate about him one way or the other. But the music, like... Just the way, again, it just resonates with people, and it just they they just latch onto a song, and they're like that that song means everything to me. And um, I know he used to play up and down the East Coast. I know he played in Richmond. Yep. I know he played at VCU um, when he was in Steel Mill and some of that stuff. And um, so I had heard. Um, I just thought there was maybe you know, what if we, you know, would people pay to come see a tribute band? They'll pay hundreds and hundreds of dollars to see them. Would they pay? nothing would they pay right. five bucks to come see someone do an honest sort of take on yeah. it and and so um my buddy walt and i you know he was the one i kind of kept spitballing it too and um he said he thought we should run with it and he was the one that kind of introduced me to some of these other guys um especially eric yep. um, who plays bass and just is you know our foundation of everything um in the band um and then he led to meeting some of the other guys you know todd was our normal uh, original saxophone player and he moved away and then uh dan and tom have been with us from the beginning pretty much as well um you might as well just add the last name there yeah when, and then when todd left for um amsterdam obviously you're thinking to yourself okay this is one of the most important if not the most important and then brendan i mean good yeah. i mean dude wow all you got to do is just hear him hit a couple of notes on that saxophone and you're like Ooh, this is a real deal yeah this is a real deal and so um Walt ended up leaving the band, um, but he helped, you know, he helped really introduce me to all those guys. And then Chris came in, um, who was our current lead guitarist, and, and that's the, uh, 
um, we've had uh, Greg, I'll give him a shout out because he helps with sound and he's filled in with drums when Tom has been unavailable. And so that's, that's Abrams Bridge. That's where we came from. So tell me, because everyone's always curious uh, about how bands form. Um, how long did it take for you guys to get to a state where you felt comfortable actually booking a show? Um, and, I, and I ask because I know in a lot of the early days of band formation, there can be everything from it's hard to get a common vision with mm-hmm. a group of guys. It can be hard to get, frankly, schedules lined up. Uh, you have to get the confidence that we really are good enough. Like, mm-hmm. how did it go for Abrams Bridge? Was it like, hey, it just seemed to click? Or was it a little bit of a, hey, this, this took some work to get it to a state where you could really feel comfortable playing out? Yeah, I think um, probably a little bit of both. There was some natural, like, the songs just felt like they hit. Yeah. Um, and then there was this little bit of you realize that Bruce's songs aren't as easy as I think some people think they are. Yep. They're not just four chords over and over. There's something weird in every one of them. There's a weird, you know, there's six instead of eight. There's, you know, uh, a weird change here. Um, and, and so uh, a little bit of both to answer your question. Um, but it, it, I'll be honest with you, it didn't take that long before I think we felt I felt pretty confident in it because, you know, I've been singing Bruce in the car, in the shower, yeah. <laughs> at my house, all my, you know, the whole time. So I kind of think to myself, I was like, I'm, I'm, I've got to be confident in these songs because I'm singing the boss. Like yeah. I can't, can't go kind of like nervous into the microphone with this. Like you, you got to sell it. And I think the other guys put a lot of trust in sort of being like, is this going to be worth my time to learn 12 15 songs this quickly yeah. to do something. Um, so I think the first time we played publicly, I had uh, a little acoustic gig, uh, I think at Conk Republic, which is no longer there anymore. Yeah. It was right there on Rockets Landing. And um, I had played there before by myself. And, and I said, would you guys be open to if I did a set with a full band as a little bit of a Springsteen tribute? And um, they, they were like, yeah, sure, that sounds cool. And so... Um, we played, I think, one set with them and, you know, got a lot of really good feedback back. And I was, you know, we kind of looked at each other and like, should we keep going? Yeah. And do, so you we remember, kept going. do you remember the first show? And I'm actually asking because I, I think I might have been there, but I'm curious <laughs> if it was the, fir- the first full show. Do you remember what it was? It, it might have been rare. Um, there, I think it was a benefit walk that we did for Alzheimer's. Okay. Um, um, but I think... The first, like, sort of uh, in a restaurant, bar, venue. It might have been rare all times. I, I thought I saw you guys at Garden Grove. That was an early one as yeah, well. We did which... play there early. Um, and, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't sure how that would go because it was just a different... It's a different kind of space. <laughs> it's a different yeah. environment. But, yeah, that was definitely an early one. Um, once, you know, we had added probably that, you know, full three hours, you know, type stuff. And so it was a lot of stuff. So you, you started getting into this, but I'm curious because as a Springsteen tribute band, like Bruce has a loyal fan base mm-hmm. and and they're really passionate um, and knowledgeable about the songs, about like how they're played. They've usually seen him live multiple times. How much pressure do you all feel to... I don't want to use the word mimic, but stay stay true to the way he performs live. Yeah, um, I think that's. I don't. I don't know if we're always doing it correctly. I mean, you're you're talking about, in my opinion, 
one of the, if not the greatest, like live performers. Whether you think Bruce is, you know, a good singer or you like his songs or not, I don't think anyone can dismiss the effort and the entertainment and uh, the showmanship that he gives to every single song and um, in every single show. I mean, he's still 73 years old, still playing nearly three hours. Um, I've, I've enjoyed seeing him live myself. And so it's like some of it's a little bit natural, I think, of just being excited to be on stage and stuff. Yeah. And um, I think there's that fine line of, you know, you're doing it as a tribute and an ode rather than just trying to, hey, every time during this song, we got to do this it's move. The- and, and we don't we don't we don't pre-script the moves. Got it. Like there's no there's no pre-scripting on what we're doing on stage. Probably sometimes we should because it might look cooler, <laughs> but, but most of it is just sort of a natural. Because one of the things I was curious about, and particularly for you personally, which is because I've seen you guys now probably four, actually five or six times now, and um, I've been I've been impressed with how many of what I think of as the small nuances of what Bruce does, you you embody. And mm. whether that is in commentary in between songs, like subtle, uh, I don't know, stage moves or or like presence. And I was wondering how much of that is just like, hey, it just sort of happens. Or if you've like, no, I've studied, I practice in front of the mirror and I'm, uh, I'm really like, it, it took a long time to get there. Cause it, it just seems to come so naturally. and. A lot of people I know who've come to see you guys play are big Bruce fans, mm-hmm. and they point it out to me uh-huh. of like, "Oh, you see when he did that?" Like that's yeah. like. So, is it just sort of you picked it up from being a fan, or do you actually really kind of study some of the the things that he's done and try to embody them? I think I've watched so much of his live stuff that like I I know little things that he does at certain points in live shows yeah. that do get a reaction out of the crowd. Um, at the same time, I think when I was trying to, you know, when I was more focused on being like an original musician and stuff, some of that was just, I'm just trying to embody like the greatest yeah. front men that have ever been there, whether it's Mick Jagger or, you know, uh, you know, um, you know, even Elton John or, yeah. or, or, or Bruce or Guns N' Roses, like any of those guys, like, you know, they're flamboyant, you know, they're, but they know how to work the crowd. Like that's why they're the best of the best. And so... Some of that stuff is a little bit natural. Some of it is I am aware that, hey, during this song, sometimes Bruce does this. Yeah. Um, and I think maybe because it means I love it, seeing it as a fan so much, and I know that people do pay attention to that stuff, that probably subconsciously I know I can deliver something that somebody will be like, that was, that was cool. That was kind of like what what Bruce does. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've gotten the the commentary of like, it's like a young Bruce is here. <laughs> uh, it's got to make you feel good. I uh, can you give me yeah. a better compliment than that? Yeah. <laughs> hey, speaking of, um, one of the things I, you know, I, uh, as you know, I came and watched you guys practice and I, and I always had a, I was curious uh, and it came up in some of the conversation you were having with the rest of the band, which is Bruce songs are hard to sing. Yeah. And they got to be hard on your voice. And (laughs) I was wondering, like, how much do you have to take care of your voice? And, like, how do you – I can't imagine how you can go through three hours of that. I mean, I can't imagine how Bruce does it. All right. Do you, like, 
like, what do you do? So I've been asked that a lot, you know, about, because I think some of the songs, like, you know, Born in the USA, they are a hard song to sing. Um, I, I naturally, as you can hear me, uh, have a little bit of a raspy voice anyways. Yeah. Um, uh, but I do, I am aware of it um, in the sense of, you know, I do try to take care of it. I try not, you know, I don't really smoke or anything like that. But yeah. I try to drink tea, hot tea, honey, uh, lemons, some of that kind of stuff. And, and you know, you try to, uh, I try not to drink too much during the shows anymore. Um, you know, I used to, you know, when you're doing original music, everybody, yeah. of course, you know, you got, you know, you used to get paid that way, right? Yeah. You used to get paid with a pack of beer <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and whatever tips you made. So you had, to, you wanted to earn your keep. Um, but uh, I do, I do try to take care of it and I do try to be conscious of it a little bit because um, if I don't, it'll, it'll burn out in the middle of a show. And so have you had it happen? Uh, we've gotten close. Yeah. I've gotten You're like stretching. Yeah. I've gotten to the end before where I'm definitely been like, you know, uh, we're the, the end is coming. Like we're not getting two encores. Right, you're, right. Maybe, <laughs> you're maybe getting one encore and that's it. <laughs> that's great. So, um, Hey, one thing I did was I actually went out and talked to some of Abrams Bridge fans. Oh, really? Yeah, I did. And uh, so are you ready to go into uh, what I'll call the uh, lightning round fan questions <laughs> that I got submitted? Yeah, that's, so, that should uh, be funny. You should see uh, <laughs> what you got. So um, I have uh, the first set come from uh, Liza and Churchill. I will not. Um, first, they want to know, what's your favorite Bruce song to play live and why? Oh, shoot. Darn. I know, it's a tough one. Um, Thunder Road is, is, is really cool because it can, it, I, I can hear the audience, like, I, I can hear it as soon as I hit that harmonica oh, yeah. with the piano, I can, I can kind of feel, I can feel the conversations coming down. Like, I, so I can't really hear it, but I can, I, it's, I can feel it, yeah. you know? And so, um, that song just, you know, I mean, it's it's cliche of one of Bruce's best songs, but it really does just take you through the full emotion of his of his song, and then the ending with Brendan, uh, you know, in our version of the yeah. band, obviously playing that saxophone. I mean, sometimes sometimes I'm just I'm I'm now a fan yeah. again. I'm just sitting there listening to it and and and, and playing along. So that, that's definitely one of my favorites. Um, uh, probably for those reasons. How about what was the hardest song for the band to learn so far? Ooh. Um, there's been some weird ones that have been a little bit tricky and some that you would think we would str we would really struggle with, we would, we would get too faster. I mean, uh, Jungle Land's got a lot of, you know, dynamics to it and uh, a lot of transitions. Um, one's probably one of the more tougher ones but you know that's the really amazing thing that I say about the guys that I play with is that they're so talented that they with those kind of songs like you know we'll say well let's just run through it one time and see how far we get with it yeah and all of a sudden we go all the way like to there. the end and I mean it's not perfect but you're like you know and, and that that's a testament to everyone's um, personal practice time and, and the effort that they put into everything. Very cool. All right, the next set come from Shelly in Richmond. Uh, she wants to know, are there any songs that you have a personal connection to? So, so something that like spoke to you during a certain life stage? 
Um, you can tell these are coming from Bruce fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're getting <laughs> we're getting deeper and deeper yeah. here. Um, off the top of my head. Um, so I have a, a couple of songs are are, are from my um, from my wedding, um, and so those would mean a lot to me uh, that that we've done. Um, my sister read "If I Should Fall Behind." Um, we didn't play it, but she read it sort of like uh, a poem, uh, one of the lines in it, and so that obviously has a, a great deal to me because of of my wife and my family. Um, I don't know what it is about Backstreets, but that's like probably low key one of my favorite Bruce songs. And I do, that's probably another one I really, really enjoy playing. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's something about those words and the, just that story of, you know, I don't know, just your youth and losing things and yep. trying for things. And it just, so it can get to you. Um, and it's interesting because, like, as you get older, all of a sudden some of these songs mean something different, different to you, you now. Yeah. You know, um, you know, darkness on the edge of town. It just, you know, something about each line you just get a little bit, little bit closer to sometimes, and you're just like, "Did he write this song for me in this yeah. moment right now?" Even though I just celebrated 45 years. Yeah. You know, so it's it's something. All right, here's an easier one now. What was your first Bruce show, and how many have you seen? Um, I think the first time. Shoot, where did I see him the first time? I want to say it might have been Charlottesville. Okay. I might have seen him in Charlottesville. My favorite show, um, my wife surprised me um, with tickets and didn't tell me. And we drove up to um, Newark, New Jersey. We started heading north, and I didn't know where we were doing. I didn't know what was going on. And she had gotten tickets for us. And uh, ironically, we learned about the lottery for the for the pit. Yeah. Um, found where we were supposed to go, got signed up, waited around. We were uh, 50 people from the first number they called. So I was pretty much one and a half rows of, of seeing him uh, in Newark, New Jersey. And it was, uh, I believe it was the Wrecking Ball Tour. And it was just amazing, absolutely amazing. I mean, you could hear him um, talking to the band about the audibles, which song he wanted to switch to. Oh, yeah. Calling things out, calling for the other guitar, um, you know, talking to the crowd. Hey, how you doing? Like, yeah. You know, just and so it just so <laughs> it's so it was so so that was good. So I, and I've seen him probably seven, eight, nine, somewhere around that. There. So, uh, can you speak about the name of the band? Yeah, Abrams Bridge. Um, so in darkness on the edge of town, there's a line that says, "Tell her there's a spot underneath Abrams Bridge. Um, there's a darkness on the edge of town." Um, that's one of my favorite albums, if not my favorite album, probably by him. I probably put that and Born to Run next to each other. But I think Darkness probably gets the nod. Um, and Walt actually was the one that was really in favor of that. I we debated with some because uh, that's the second part of her question, and she wanted to know what were some of the alternates. <laughs> and just so I get her full question, because then she went out to ChatGPT. And she had a whole bunch of other oh, things really? that ChatGPT suggested for Bruce things that were very funny, which yeah. I forgot to bring with me. But, um, yeah, I what think some of the alternates. Badlands was one because I thought that was kind of, uh, you know, it kind of spoke to it. Um, uh, there were some ones where we were trying to combine songs, like whether it was like, you know, Thunderland or something like that, or, uh, yeah. you know, Born in the Promised Land. Uh, I think one that almost got it was Luke and the Hungry Hearts. 
because it was trying to kind of play off the uh, Bruce, Luke, and then obviously Hungry Heart is a well-known song from from the boss. And so um, I think those were some of the ones we fiddled around with. Um, Last question, and it's funny because you sort of started talking about it, but Meredith in Henrico had a question about... um, the big man Clarence, and she uh, she said, "How many sax players did you have to try out before you found someone who could live up to that legacy?" <laughs> um, and I think really it's a uh, she's sort of throwing a compliment at uh, at Brendan. Yes. Um, so can you speak a little bit about his playing? Yeah. No. Um, I'm I'm amazed at how quickly you know he's almost note for note. You know, is and and like I don't. I don't know his backstory with how much he knew all of Springsteen's catalog and yeah. whatnot, but um, his uh, playing for me is like I said, I will sometimes, it distracts me from the show because it's so good. And it's just, when you get to Jungle Land or you get to Thunder Road or Born to Run or even Badlands, you know, when it gets to those, if you know Bruce Springsteen, you know. Uh, I make a joke sometimes when Brendan's not at practice, like if he's had to miss or something. Yeah. I will do the saxophone solo with my mouth <laughs> because I, I just know it, you know, because it's part of the song, you know. <laughs> and I will do that. And um, obviously it sounds a million times better when he's actually there. But his presence of just, I think he kind of does the same thing. He's not trying to be the big man. Nobody can replace him. Um, uh, but his he gives the emotion and the power comes out of that saxophone and you just hear it when he starts going and i've always told people i said yeah it's a bruce springsteen tribute band we got keyboards we got everything we got saxophone they're like oh you got a saxophone player and i'm like yeah but you got to hear yeah it's a real saxophone yeah and for folks who are listening like it's it's something special like i was if you close your eyes yeah if you close your eyes you're, you're gonna feel it yeah and and especially with Clarence passing and, and then his uh, nephew kind of taking over, like I can tell when I listen live on some of the E Street radios or live performance, I can tell when it was Clarence was still alive. Yeah. And when Jake is there, because so that's like irreplaceable. But I'm telling you, like when you, when we're at practice and we get to a song and Brendan starts going and you're just like, and and we haven't played it before. I mean, and you're just like, oh my gosh, like it's perfect. Yeah. It's awesome. great. Hey, um, uh, obviously uh, playing in a local band, uh, and it's funny, Not a, sometimes people don't realize that it's not a full-time job for folks, yeah. and so obviously you have a day job. How do you, uh, how do you balance the demands of like having to make a day job living and <laughs> all of the work required to pull off the kind of effort you guys have to put into being able to put on that type of you know, three-hour show? Yeah, um, well, I think it's it's fun for one, yeah. you know, and I enjoy playing with the guys, and um, we're always we're always tweaking the set list. We're always trying to add a new song in, um, so I think it always kind of keeps it, it fresh, a little fresh. It makes it uh, make sure we don't get stale. Like we're not just playing the same thirty two songs every time yeah. in the same order. You know, we mix it around all the time. Maybe sometimes that's makes us a little loosier, goosier, but I think that's rock and roll a little yeah. bit. And I think that makes it so we're not robotic. Like, you know, we started a song, there was something going on, somebody couldn't hear something or whatever. I just started the song differently 
yeah. band just picked up on it and we rolled with it. And I think that's that's what's being a band is 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 about. Um, but yeah, during the day, uh, knowing that I'm gonna go to you know do some music later that night uh, or know I got a big gig the weekend, I think it gets you through the work week. Great. Hey, um, what what aspirations do you have? And a little bit of context. I was talking to Eric uh, after practice that you guys had. Mm-hmm. Eric's the bass player in the band. And we are both equally impressed with how you front the band. And, you know, as I mentioned earlier, sort of the persona that you bring to life for Bruce. Do you have bigger ambitions um, in terms of, like, where you might want to take it, um, either with Abrams Bridge or just as sort of in a national touring Bruce tribute band or anything like that? Yeah, sure. If somebody wanted to, <laughs> somebody's listening and uh, wants to, you never know. <laughs> wants to, wants to uh, talk numbers. Then yeah, yeah sure. Um, but in a serious, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I would, I would love to continue to to play uh, in front of people and bring this sort of show that Abrams Bridge brings. Or, you know, if if there was something else down the road, I don't know what would happen, but. Um, yeah, I'm I'm always open to anything cuz I think uh like I was saying the the power of uh the songs and what it means to people. Like I had a young lady uh or a mom the other the other day just say something and she she was like these songs mean the world to me and the fact that you took 2 seconds to say like hello or something yeah. like that and i was just like well they mean everything to me too that's the common ground that we have here like i didn't write them i'm not bruce springsteen but i can share that passion and love for you and i think that's what i'm always just trying to bring to people is something that they love because i love it so it's easy for me well awesome well hey that's a uh that's a good thing to close on, but <laughs> let me ask you one more question just to, uh, as we're getting to the end, give you a chance to plug. Because I, I it's, it's, you, know, you know, I've come to see you guys play a lot. And yeah. I'm a huge fan. And I'd really love for everybody who's watching to come out and see you guys play in, in some upcoming shows. So could you share with everybody listening some of the upcoming shows and venues that you have coming up? Yeah, yeah. Um, happy to do that. Um, so we have... One coming up at the end of July at James River Winery for their Friday night events, and that's that's going to be Abrams Bridge, and that's James River Winery. I believe that's uh, July 28th. Um, and then we play at one of our favorite places, uh, Mainline Brewery, oh, yeah. on August the 12th, and that's a little matinee show. I know some people sometimes – uh, say they can't make the, the late night gig, so uh, that's a during the day gig for us. And, um, and then we're gonna, we've got some shows coming up at JJ's Grill, which is one of the first places that gave us a gig, and we love playing there with those guys. Um, and then we hit the circuit again with a couple of those same places. Um, and I give a little bit of a tease we have a, a really big show that we have not announced uh, that would be in November. And uh, that's gonna be a big one. And uh, just 
little tease. I might have to have you back to, uh, <laughs> you know, we can break the exclusive on small venues. Yeah, so, yes, yes. Awesome. Well, hey, Luke, thanks so much for being willing to do this with me. Uh, I, um, it's a pleasure. Yeah, I think you guys are a great band. I think you're an incredible front man. Uh, and you really bring Bruce to life. And Abrams Bridge and all the guys are just incredible musicians. And I highly encourage everyone listening to go out and see him. And thanks so much for being on the show with me. Well, thanks for giving us the platform. And this is uh, it's a pleasure and an honor. So appreciate everything. Awesome. Thanks, man. Thanks. Thank you for listening to today's show. Please like or subscribe to our podcast to be notified of each new episode and follow us on all of our social media channels. If you are a local Richmond band or venue owner and you'd like to be featured on the show, please feel free to send us an email at smallvenuemusic at gmail.com. We'd love feedback on each episode, so please leave a comment to let us know how we're doing. Thanks again for listening.